Do you have solo economic dependency? That is, if you aren't working, you aren't making money. The Art of Passive Income Podcast is the solution. Discover passive income models so you can enjoy life on your own terms. Let freedom ring. Hey, it's Mark Podolsky, the Land Geek, with your favorite niche real estate website, www.thelandgeek.com. And I'm really excited to introduce our extremely geeky guest because the Land Geek community has been talking about the owner of this company, and this company actually, not really the owner, um, for a long time. And, uh, but I'd be remiss if I didn't properly introduce my co-host, Scott Todd from scotttodd.net, landmodo.com. Most importantly, if you're not automating your Craigslist postings, postingdomination.com forward slash the land geek. Today's podcast is sponsored by postingdomination.com forward slash the land geek. Scott Todd, are you excited? Mark, I'm uh, extremely excited because this is a, this is a uh, website that I gave as a tip of the week a long time ago. Uh, I've, I've used it. I've used it not only for what I'm doing today, but I've used it in my, uh, corporate gig. Uh, Vinay actually helped me. Our guest actually helped me, uh, with something very accessible guy and, uh, excited to talk to him. So let's introduce Vinay Patankar. Vinay, are you the CEO of Process Street? Yep, that's right. Co-founder and CEO. The co-founder CEO of Process Street and also the co-host of Business Systems Explored, one of yes. my podcasts. Vinay, um, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Excited to be here. So walk us through your entrepreneurial journey from, okay, the market needs this software to actually executing. Yeah. I mean, the, the way that this idea came up, I think is pretty normal in terms of a lot of, I guess, successful businesses, but, um, it was basically just me scratching my own itch. Um, I had actually started another startup before, uh, raised a little bit of money, gone through an accelerator based on, uh, trying to ride a wave essentially of, at that point was like, uh, uh, mobile video. Um, and that kind of crashed and burned quickly. And, and I, I think one of the big problems that I had with that startup, it was like, I'm kind of riding a wave of new technology, but I don't really feel like I'm solving a real problem like with this product. Um, and, and so I kind of was really looking for a product. Well, basically I wasn't really looking, but I, I was interested in kind of new business ideas and new startup ideas. And I knew kind of one of the problems of my last startup was that I wasn't solving a real problem. So that was one of the kind of things I wanted to make sure that I addressed in the next company. Um, and then I basically had the, I was running a team of, of 20 people. Everybody was remote and I was basically having issues in uh, managing and deploying workflows for those, uh, for that team and, and, and basically getting our work done in a remote way. And that initially sparked the idea for process street. We were doing a lot of, um, media buying campaigns. So we kind of had processes around, uh, testing ads, testing products, testing different traffic sources, um, kind of running reports on these all the time and managing. So very kind of repetitive processes that we're doing on a daily basis, um, but managing all that efficiently in an automated way across the distributed team was just a pain in the ass. Um, and that was, that was when the idea for process started. So 
You've got the uh, idea. Yeah. Now, how do I turn that? Yeah, how do you things. execute? <laughs> so, um, yeah, like I said, I had, had a little bit of experience before. I'd already kind of tried to launch a startup before, and I had some money because uh, I was running an affiliate marketing company that was doing quite well. Um, and so, the next kind of step was I had the idea. It was basically uh, building a team. So the idea. Last time, one of the problems of my first startup was also the team. I actually wrote a post about this. It was like, um, why the Toto failed. You can find it on my, on my personal blog. I just Google Vinay startup failure or something. Um, and uh, one of the other big problems was the team. And it wasn't that the team wasn't good. It was that the team, like they were very good at what they did. It was that the team wasn't the right fit. And in that, like when you're launching a startup, if you're not really well-funded, um, there's a lot of kind of scrappiness that has to be involved. You know, you probably are going to miss all your deadlines. You're probably going to spend more money than you expect. You're probably going to get less traction than you hoped for initially. Probably everything's going to go wrong and take longer and be harder than you expect, right? And so a lot of the time you need people who are flexible. And my first team, they had a lot of overhead in that they had, they were, they were very senior people. Um, they had a lot their families. They were used to earning a lot of money work for companies like Microsoft and blah, blah, blah. And, and so it basically just to, to, to keep them going as a team just required heaps and heaps of money. Um, and that was one of the reasons that the, the product failed was because we ran out of money. Um, and that was based on the kind of status of the team. So I was really looking for a co-founder who was very flexible in terms of um, pretty sufficient, didn't have a lot of pretty self-sufficient in that like had, had income and was stable and wasn't kind of desperate for, for money. And then also was not, didn't have a lot of overhead. So didn't need a lot of money to survive. Wasn't going to kind of have this hard limit of, okay, if we raise a hundred grand and then we can't execute it in 10 months because like, we need at least five grand a month to survive immediately. We have to stop there or raise more money or whatever. Like I needed some more flexibility around that and somebody who was kind of open to just making, making it work. And so that was kind of the next step was basically first building a profile for like what kind of co-founder I needed um, for the, for the product or for the company. And then basically just looking for a co-founder and then it was just like, okay, this is not something that I'm going to be able to manufacture really. Right. So it's kind of like, I have this idea. Now I know my requirements and it was just kind of just, waiting it out and pitching as many people as possible um and basically just trying to find a co-founder through me going through my normal kind of day-to-day business activities and i was very it was basically waiting until we found until i found the right co-founder before before pulling the trigger and wanting to move forward on the product then it was basically i invested a little bit of seed money um into the company and we just started building uh so you're not vc funded we are vc funded now um, but we went for the first year as just kind of me and me and my co-founder just building, um, we were both doing other things as well. So I was running my other company. Um, he was doing some freelance programming. Um, and so we kind of just did that until we had a prototype that we felt was, was good enough to actually show to investors, um, before we, yeah, before we look for any kind of funding. It was another lesson I learned from my, from my, from my startup before is like, you want to be in a position of strength when you go and talk to investors. Um, and so the more traction you have, the more feedback you have, the further you can get your product, uh, the better before you start and start to try and raise money. So I'd kind of say go for as long as you can. Um, ideally when you're bootstrapping, um, or at least you need to get to the point to where 
show some real kind of momentum on the product before talking to investors um, because you want to be on the side of like, Hey, there's multiple people interesting, interested in investing in this product versus uh, please, I need money to, to, to keep going or we're all going to, we're not going to be able to hit payroll in two months and then go to look, look for money that way. Right. It's like much harder to raise. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Scott was a executive at a fortune 300 company and he actually was using process street with his team. How big was your team, Scott? Well, I, I, uh, my, my team as a whole was uh, about 120 people and we used, we used process street for some slivers of, of the, uh, the business. One of the, the key things that we needed to do was we needed to, cause I managed like a rapid application deployment team that would kind of solve problems. You know, they'd, they'd look at the technologies and then they deploy stuff and, and fix problems. And, you know, the nice thing about, you know, like process street was that not only did it facilitate instructions on how to do something, but it also provided a kind of like a checklist or a mechanism in which to hold the data. So it's not like here, just follow these steps. I mean, you could do that in, in like a Google Docs. What's nice about Process Street is that it, it actually collects the data for you uh, and allows the team to interact with each other and see who, who did this task so that when, when in fact the task doesn't get done correctly, I mean, because look, we're, we're not going to be perfect all the time you can go back and you can coach or educate that employee on what they needed to do. And at the same time, you know, you can kind of look to see, well, where's our process week? Because let's face it, a process is not flawless. That's, it gets better over time. Yeah, that's, that's essentially what we're moving towards, right? Like most traditional SOP systems, process management systems, document management systems, you store like the instructions on how to do the process. Um, and there's a lot of features around that, you know, you can share them and there's permissions and there's approval steps and revision history and blah, blah, blah. And that's kind of like standard on how, you know, Google docs works or whatever. And, and most kind of um, knowledge sharing, sharing tools work. But the next step that we're trying to go um, is to actually be the system of record for all the resulting data of executing those processes. So whether that's, so, so you say, okay, this is like the onboarding process um, and this is how it's done for a new employee, but then there's all this data that gets generated. So you need to capture all their information, like, okay, what's the employee's name and their address and, and, and that kind of stuff. Maybe there's contracts that need signing through that process. Um, there's people that interact with them. Maybe there's meetings that happen. There's notes that get taken, like blah, blah, blah. All this stuff that happens throughout the process, it's all stored in like, okay, the notes are stored in here in some note system and maybe something's in the CRM and maybe the HR contracts in the HR system. And, you know, maybe the contact information's here for the employee or whatever. But the idea of a prostitute is to kind of consolidate all that information. So you have, you know, all the, the details of that employee. You have all the interactions that different people in the team have with that employee, any notes from those interactions you have any documents that were generated through that process any signed signed contracts that came back after that all kind of stored in one place so that becomes your system of record for all that data and then make it easy to push that data into any other systems that you want so if you need it in your hr management system or if you need your contracts all stored in a dropbox folder so your lawyer can get to them or whatever being able to push all that out and, and kind of push into the systems that need to have it but but centralizing the storage of all that data in one place so it's there it's accessible and process treating and, and it can and parts of it can be kicked out into any other system like as needed right there isn't really a there isn't really a centralized place for stuff like that at the moment for most businesses you know i love the power of the checklist and that's really how process street sort of 
you know, manages these workflows, right? It's, it's, a, it's a checklist. Yeah. So the idea was that we, the idea was that most workflow apps are built kind of starting with, you know, a business process analyst saying, Hey, you know, this is like how, you know, workflows are designed and how I learned how they were designed in university. Um, and, and, and those do, that does make the most sense most of the time in terms of it's probably the ideal way to structure how to design a workflow is through a flow diagram, but most people don't know what they are. They don't know how to use them and they don't really care about the flow diagram. They just want to know when they need to do something and what they need to do. Right. Like it's, it's when you, when you kind of bring it back and take it from the simplest level, it's like, what's the simplest way to lay out like a sequence of instructions to somebody who doesn't, who's never gone to business school, who, you know, runs, you know, a car dealership or maybe even, something less, less technical, like, um, and, and, and intuitively understand like, okay, Hey, this is a series of steps that has to happen. And then, you know, kind of assign those out and just let it happen. So the idea for the checklist was that it's kind of one of the most basic intuitive tools for most people. Um, they generally don't need to be taught how to use a checklist. Um, and so kind of starting from that, from that point of like some already assumed knowledge, just made the app a lot, a lot easier to use an approach than some of the more traditional workflow products that are out there. Right. And then you can see your VA or your team member is actually doing the work because they're checking off in the checklist and then you can see where they're at. So there's it, it, the anxiety of where are we at in this? Let's just, you know, use Scott, like one of our deals, right? So we're going through a deal flow and, you know, it'd be nice to have that checklist of offer out, right? Check right? Offer uh, accepted, right? Check. VA is now doing the due diligence. The VA now has a process that they're checking off all their due diligence aspects, right? Maps are done, GIS map, GPS coordinates, uh, you know, ingress and egress, called the county, made, you know, confirmed taxes, you know, check, check, check. And then, oh, we know, oh, look, the VA hasn't done the, the full title search yet. They're 80% completed, right? And you just go to bed at night with this peace of mind that the business is running transparently, right? So Scott, is that, you know, am I missing some kind of value piece to Process Street? No, I, I think that that's it. I think that the fact that, you know, you have this checklist, you're able to lay out the, the processes. And look, what, what I love about Process Street is the fact that I mean, this is like a process street commercial. We're not even being paid for it. It's okay. But what's great about it is that you can embed different aspects to the process. So uh, in the use case that I explained, you know, we actually showed a video like, look, this is what we want you to do in this step. And so you you put the, a video in there that I think ours was housed at, on YouTube, posted as a private video on YouTube. You know, it's there. It's you know, the, the employee can click the thing and watch the video and they go, okay, I got it. And then below that was a, a bunch of different steps like check, 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 check with text along the way, what we were looking for and why. And then at the end we said, Hey, we want you to sign your name to this. So they put their name to it. So now that's the ownership, right? And then I could go in there. I could look at all these open items or closed items and see how they move across uh, and so like in your case, Mark, you know, where, where we talk about due diligence, imagine being able to completely document your due diligence process, lay it all out, everything you're looking for, maybe have a different track by county or by state or however you want to do it. Mm -hmm. And then let the VAs work. You do the work one time to set it up. 
And then when you think about, you know, the fact that I'm going to invest time to, to lay out this foundation and now I've got systems that run it automatically, it's just a powerful thing. Yeah. And you can kind of set up automation around that as well. <clears throat> Real estate's a pretty common use case. We have a lot of agents that use it for, for processing deals. Um, but, and also, uh, we have a lot of, um, uh, property management companies that use it for like onboarding tenants and offboarding tenants and kind of, and then and showing properties and that kind of stuff. Um, but you can, you can kind of, you can integrate stuff to make that flow much nicer as well. So for example, if you have a notification set up on like some real estate listing site where you get notifications on houses that are coming in every day or something like that, um, you can kind of set up an integration with Zapier where you could forward that email to an email address that would kind of take that listing pull it into the process, assign it to the VA and then kind of have them work on it. So like, as you're going throughout your day, maybe you're browsing different things. You can kind of save them in pocket or Evernote or forward, forward them to an email address. And you're kind of like building out like a list of, um, for example, properties for a VA to run due diligence on, um, just kind of as you're going throughout your day. So you can set up some cool, some cool integrations that way too. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's funny. It is like a process street commercial scab, but we, we use it. We do. We do. And I think that, you know, as, as listeners to this podcast, you know, that where, where you're, no matter what you want to do, you can build a process uh, in process street and, you know, get really get that thing automated and flowing. And th then that truly becomes the key to success in terms of, of any business, because when, when you can do that, well, now, now you become more of that entrepreneur you know, you have, you've designed systems and processes that allow you to step away from the business. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Mark, in a previous podcast, I gave the tip of the, the remote life, spending like a month in Thailand or something. Mm -hmm. Now you can go spend a month in Thailand. Yeah. You know, because the yeah, whole thing can, can flow for you. As a few, well, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I set a goal this year that I should be able to take four weeks off and everything would be just fine. And, um, you know, there's no way I could do that without, processes and systems there's just it, it would be impossible i mean I, I could be on a remote island just logging into process street and just seeing check 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 80 percent complete right and that, you know and I, and I could go to bed at night knowing oh this is great like it's all running right yeah so i think what what we call that like which you basically touched on is visibility which is kind of one of the other big one of the other big benefits that uh, values the process street provides right it's just kind of having that visibility across all the work that's being done whether you want that in real time or whether you want that in like retrospective reports. Um, it's just kind of like having that visibility across all the work that's going on in the organization. And Renee, you're using it. You're in Mexico city right now, right? Mm -hmm. Here's the rest of your team. Uh, we have four people in Vancouver, which is like the biggest uh, cluster, I guess. Uh, but then everyone's pretty much spread out. America's Europe. Um, we have VAs in India and the Philippines. So just read a team completely. And so how are you personally using process street then for your own business? Uh, yeah, I mean, we use it differently in all the different teams. So, um, <clears throat> sales, for example, we have a, a qualification checklist that gets run. So basically we have an integration with the CRM. Um, you can set this up with Salesforce. We use close IO where basically you create a, a run link. And then every time you dial someone um, and they answer, you kind of click this link and it pops up a checklist of questions uh, kind of a script and, and most importantly, like the data that's required to be collected throughout the call. Um, so the kind of rep 
inputs the data, how many users they're looking for, what's their budget, does the person have authority, um, what timeline look they implement, blah, blah, blah. Essentially doing a screening call. Um, and then kind of as they go through and they, and they fill out all the data and then they hit like, you know, opportunity or not opportunity or requires follow-up in process street, it kind of goes back into the CRM and sets up opportunities and calculates the value and sets up follow-up tasks and kind of does all this stuff for the rep. Um, and it creates a structured note with all the information about the call that's sent back in with like the Q and A's and all that. So the sales team uses it that way and they do it for some other things like preparing proposals and, and things like that. Um, Marketing team uses it super heavily. They use it uh, uh, blog po- like for any kind of like piece of content. So if a blog post is going out, there's a pre-published checklist. If a guest post is going out, there's a checklist. If an email newsletter is going out, there's a checklist. Um, we also run promotion processes. So for every piece of content we want to promote, there's a promotion process in terms of the different steps that need to get done to promote that piece of content. Um, those are kind of common ones with the marketing team. Uh, we use it for internal employee onboarding. Um, so, you know, we have like a before you get started process that we assign to people before they join the team that has a bunch of like reading they can do, accounts they can set up, things they can follow, as well as like a form to collect all in their information, which then generates their contracts, which it puts them into the database, that kind of stuff. Um, and then the engineering team uses it for all sorts of testing related um, things. So getting getting their states set up, deploying, testing, that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's it's phenomenal. And what I love about Process Street is that you've got the templates, the check the checklist templates, so that if you don't want to, you can just kind of go off the shelf and you've got a checklist ready. ready to yeah, go. yeah. There's kind of like it, it. Those things are great for people that are looking to expand into new areas, or maybe they don't really have any kind of documented process uh, at all yet which I would call usually would be small businesses or really mismanaged medium businesses. Um, (laughs) But usually when it gets to larger businesses, it's more about like migrating processes and importing processes because usually to get, once you are at least 20 people or something in a company, you're already, you already have some type of processes, whether they're documented or not, your business is probably not running at all without like processes at that, at that point. Right. Um, so yeah, I think it's great for people who are looking to kind of yeah check out the processes if you're doing new things. So if you want to look at you know new different types of marketing or new different types of onboarding, um, or if you're doing things you have no process at all for that particular activity, uh, you just kind of wing it each time. Then they're great great starting points. Um, but a lot of the time we find that like businesses have very customized processes that are very unique to their business, and it's quite difficult to kind of match something off the shelf to that internal process. Um, yeah, which is yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's that's a really good point. Scott's smiling. Well, I was going to say there's another there's another uh, use case that uh, we really haven't talked about, and that's the ability. And you kind of hit on it, Mark, but that's the ability for me to create a template, and then I can share that template with the world, and um, then get their email address when they wish to to use it. Yeah, so we found templates are really good for, for lead gen, but we've kind of toyed with the idea of monetizing templates as well, and it hasn't actually, the data suggested it's probably not the best uh, use of templates. And that's just because like most of the time, a template still requires customization. Um, <clears throat> even though you can give people the framework or give people the ideas, it's not like just gonna work for most businesses. It's gonna require a customer, or, and if they need to hook it up to anything, 
or, 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 or kind of set up a workflow of any sort through assigning different people in their team or whatever. We can't, we can't predict that. We don't know who on your team needs to be doing what tasks, right? Um, and so delivering, and this, yeah, I know you guys were kind of talking about consulting before, but delivering a template that still requires customization is not really enough value to, to make people buy. Um, delivering a fully customized, integrated, set up, configured, ready to go workflow is something people are willing to pay for as a service. Um, and, and we've kind of been looking at, looking at those two, two models. Um, and I think for us, we're probably not interested in going down the consulting side, but probably more building a partnership network with consultants. Um, because we see the value in like, not just delivering the technology, but then delivering that fully customized, ready to go integrated out of the box kind of solution, which is really, really, really difficult to build, um, at, at complete scale, right? Um, just because all businesses are so different. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Vinay, we're now at that point in the podcast where we're going to put you on the spot and ask you for your tip of the week, a website, a resource, a book, something actionable where the art of passive income listeners can go right now, improve their businesses, improve their lives. What have you got? So we actually have an ebook that is called the ultimate guide to business process automation with Zapier. Um, and I think that would probably be really useful for a lot of your listeners in terms of if they, if they have not kind of got started with any type of business automation at all, it's a soup to nuts kind of ebook with a lot of examples and, and ideas of different ways that you can immediately in a couple of hours build things that you're potentially spending hours per week on right now. Um, so you can find that process.st forward slash business dash process dash automation dash guide. Um, or if you, I have a link to it. If you just like type in like business process automation guide, it'll probably pop up in the first spot in Google. All right. Fantastic. Scott Todd, what's your tip of the week? All right, Mark. There's so many I could go on all day, but check this out. We had a situation where um, we were trying to show someone on our website how to, um, how to find something. And they were struggling. I mean, it wasn't that hard. Just, hey, go here, here. But, you know, you've been there, right? Like, oh, go here and then go here. And it's old, right? Like, especially when you're trying to do it over the phone. So check out Surfly, uh, surfly.com. All right, I'm going to check it out. S-U-R-F-L-Y.com. S-U-R-F-L-Y dot com. And then this website basically allows you to type in uh, the website that you want to browse. So you type it in like, you know, landmoto.com, for example. And then what happens is it will give you a, um, it would give me a kind of a link that I can share with you and say, hey, let me email you a link or which gives me a reason to capture their email address. Or I can say, hey, go here, surfly.com forward slash 818, whatever, whatever, whatever. And when you do that, then you and I will be connected and I will be able to show you where on my website you can find this or any website for that matter. Ooh, this is awesome. This would be great for Lone Geek demos. Yes, it would. Um, I'm signing up right now. Vinay, <laughs> what do you think of Surfly? Yeah, very cool. Now, I, I've used Screen Hero, but Screen Hero stopped. Um, I love Screen Hero. Here's, Screen they, Hero, is that the one that Slack bought? Yeah. Yeah, they've, they've just launched that, you see, into Slack. I know, I know. Um, it's amazing. 
It's amazing. Um, it's so fast. It's, uh, it's incredible. So, um, but, you know, I think I've got the best tip of the week. So no offense, guys. But my tip of the week is process.st. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, you, I mean, the price is pretty good. Vinay, I don't know how you guys are making any money. <laughs> uh, pricing is $15 per user per month for the business plan. But we actually have a free plan that anyone can use um, for up to five processes a month or five templates. Uh, actually, five active templates. But, yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty good if you just, if you just are, are a small business. I just need to run a few things. So check it out. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Vinay, was, did I, were there any questions that we should have asked you that we didn't ask you? No. Um, one thing that I was going to mention that you, that you, you touched on was kind of the ability to share templates um, and then, you know, share them everyone and grab emails. So we're kind of actually expanding a little bit on that, on that sharing functionality. Um, so you're just going to be, you're going to be able to share template, template as well. Um, let people, let people run. I don't know if you've seen, we have like the run checklist link, which is a new thing that came out, but lets people run checklists anonymously. So you can actually kind of start to use them as web forms or surveys and kind of get a lot more functionality out of them, which is, which is pretty interesting as well. So keep a lookout for that, for that sharing stuff. Ah, very cool. Very, very cool. All right. Um, so Vinay, are we good? We're good. Scott, are we good? We are, Mark. We're good. All right. I want to thank all the listeners and just remind them the only way, the only way we're going to get the quality of guests like Vinay from Process Street to come on this podcast is if you do us a small favor, subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. Send a screenshot of your review to support at thelandgeek.com. We're going to send you free the $97 Passive Income Launch Kit. Um, it's, it's phenomenal. Um, I do want to remind everybody, if you're not automating, because we talked a lot about automation, your Craigslist postings, go to postingdomination.com forward slash the land geek. This is Mark Padolce of the land Scott Todd. Let freedom ring. Thanks for listening to the Art of Passive Income podcast. Start your journey at www.thelandgeek.com and www.scotttodd.net. Read and review the podcast and email support at thelandgeek.com. Your screenshot for a free passive income launch kit.